My only fear is not that I'm inadequate, but that I'm powerful beyond measure. It is my light, not my darkness, that most frightens me. As I am liberated from my fears, my presence automatically liberates others. Let's set the tone. Kill Jay-Z. They'll never love you, you'll never be enough. Let's just keep it real, Jay-Z. Fuck Jay-Z. I mean, you shot your own brother. How could we know if we can trust Jay-Z? And you know better, nigga, I know you do. But you gotta do better, boy, you owe it the blue. You had no father, you had the armor. But you got a daughter, gotta get softer. Die, Jay-Z. This ain't back in the days. You don't need an alibi, Jay-Z. Cry, Jay-Z. We know the pain is real, but you can't heal what you never revealed. What's up, Jay-Z? You know you owe the truth to all the youth that fell in love with Jay-Z. You got people you love, you sold drugs to. You got high on life, that shit drugged you. You walking around like you invincible. You dropped out of school, you lost your principles. I know people backstab you, I felt that too. But this fuck everybody attitude ain't natural. But you ain't the same, this ain't kumbaya. But you got hurt cause you did kumbaya. You gave him 20 million without blinking. He gave you 20 minutes on stage, fuck was he thinking? Fuck wrong with everybody is what you're saying But if everybody's crazy, you're the one that's insane Crazy how life works You got a knot in your chest Imagine how a knife hurts You stabbed un over some records Your excuse was he was talking too reckless Let go your ego over your right shoulder Your left is saying finish your breakfast You excellent, uh Knowing all along all you had to say you was wrong you almost went Eric Benet Let the baddest girl in the world get away I don't even know what else to say Nigga never go Eric Benet I don't even know what you would've done In the future of the niggas playing football with your son You would've lost it Thirteen bottles of Ace of Spade would've did the ball spin Nah Jay-Z Bye Jay-Z Over the past four years, this podcast has gone through many iterations, mainly how I'm feeling at the time, how I could be more creative, things I want to do and things I want to put out to the world. This um, this one's going to be different. I've, uh, over the past, I guess, month, month and a half maybe, I've come to the realization that I have been um, <laughs> not myself for lack of a better word or phrase, I suppose. I started off as Parnell then came this moniker Podcast P. And over the four years doing this, Podcast P Monitor has turned almost into real life. 
Uh, I never imagined that I would have as many listeners as I do at last count is 326,000 people downloaded the last episode. Um, I never imagined I would be here. I never imagined that doing something like this would get me this many listeners, this many people would hear my voice um, and gone through the struggle with me. You know, I haven't been very consistent with this podcast mainly because of things going on in my life. And there's, you might be able to tell by the tone that I have right now that um, there's more shit going on. Um, <laughs> this is going to be the hardest episode I've ever recorded. I, uh, I have a lot to say. Let's start with, <clears throat> let's start with what is going on in my life. Um, I posted on Facebook, fuck, must have been three weeks ago, something like that, maybe two weeks ago. Um, about some things that had happened to me back in December. My ex-fiance, she walked out December 23rd. You guys knew that. And then the following week, just before New Year's, my son wrote me a letter saying he didn't want to see me again until I was able to sort out my life. I didn't understand what that meant. Um, my fiance left and within two weeks I was already seeing a different woman and I automatically put that woman into my ex-fiance spot, just kind of slotted her in. And, um, I didn't realize what I had to do personally to be the man I was portraying on this podcast. I, uh, (laughs) I was in financial ruin. I was not being true to myself. My health had gotten away from me. My relationships had dwindled because I wasn't focused on them. I wasn't putting the effort into where I needed to to have them be fulfilling as well as they should have been. I was focused on myself, my ego, the listeners of this podcast, my online presence, And I wasn't really focused on much else. You know, it's been a steady decline over four and a half years, maybe five years of me being in the best, the peak physical condition I was into now. Um, (laughs) I, uh, it's been an emotional roller coaster over the past month. I've had this pit in my stomach this unnatural feeling because I knew that I had to change something. And within four days, it was changed. Now, the issues I'm finding now is trying to solve, or maybe not solve, mend my finances, which I'm three quarters of the way doing, uh, mend relationships with my son, mostly, um, with the woman that I was seeing and to fix my health because I'm overweight and I don't have the mental stability to, to actually do that. Or I didn't, I suppose. Um, I had to take a good hard look at everything I was doing and figure out the best plan of action. Um, The woman I was seeing after four months, she had enough. I wasn't, I was very dependent. I was needy. I wasn't acting like the man I know I am. So she had enough. She said, that's it. That's enough. I'm done. 
I, uh, that was the catalyst. <laughs> that was the catalyst for me to say, you know what? What the fuck am I doing? I had to, I had to adjust everything in my life. I had to borrow money from not only friends, but from family to get my finances back on track. I was driving without a driver's license for the past, since 2016, so five years, driving without a driver's license. Um, <laughs> wow. I, uh, I started using cocaine. Again, I wasn't addicted as I was back in the day before I was arrested, um, but I used it to escape reality. I was in a relationship with my ex-fiance that I was not happy about. And I was in that relationship because she was a great mother to my son. My son was happy with her. I'm getting up there in age and I thought, you know what, my son is X amount of years old. I can do this for another 10 years. If I need to bite down and just do it, I can do this for 10 years and I'll be fine. And then once my son is old enough, he'll understand why I'm not with his other mom, which is what he called my ex-fiance. And what he still calls um, my ex-fiance. He, um, him and her still get along great. She still sees him. It is what it is at this point. In that relationship, I was coddled. Everything was taken care of. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have a bank account for the last five years. Uh, like I said, I didn't have a driver's license. None of the bills were in my name. The lease of my apartment wasn't in my name. There were so many things that I let fall by the wayside and let somebody else handle because, not because I didn't want to handle them, but because they were being handled. So there was no point in me handling them. And what I came to realize is that the bills weren't being handled. Um, my health wasn't being handled. Uh, my son's mental health wasn't being handled. I thought things would just be okay. You know, I, uh, I took everything for granted. I, uh, I didn't, it's not for lack of wanting to do things, but my days were filled with going to work, working as hard as I can coming home and then going, meeting friends and going to drink or, you know, doing a different podcast or recording something and being in the studio. Um, that was my life. And I realized now that I wasn't happy, even though I thought I was. It's one of those things where you don't really see the decline in yourself or in your attitude and what you're doing because it's so gradual. You don't realize how far things have slipped down the hill. And when the girl I was seeing left me and said, that's enough, that was the catalyst. That was the catalyst to look at myself and be like, what the fuck? Why are you doing this? You know, I was, <laughs> I was still doing things even in that, in that relationship where, you know, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I was like, this is easy. It's fine. We could do this. You know, asking for stupid favors, you know, driving her vehicle without a license. And, uh, borrowing money just so I could get cocaine, whatever or drink, or, or just so I, so I can survive that week, you know, living off of $100 a week and 
just trying to make things work. Every every cent that was in my bank account got spent, you know. And if the money wasn't there, I was just going to overdraft. Why the fuck not, right? It's only another night. It's only for a couple of days. I can survive. I get I get paid in a couple of days, right? Yeah, that was. That's the old me. I uh, <laughs> I had to look in the mirror and just realize who I wanted to be, where I wanted to go, and what I wanted to do. And that all started with saying, okay, first thing first, let's get your mental health back in check. And from there, I started looking at, well, I guess I started listening, you know, to my Tony Robbins again, um, things that helped me in the past, started running again, you know, all these things that I used to do 10 years ago when I was still on house arrest and serving out my sentence, things that allowed me to be free without being free things that allowed me to express who I was while not being able to go out and do things. I think over the last couple of years, I guess 15 months, a lot of people may have been feeling things like this as well, going through this coronavirus lockdown, all this stuff. You lose your, you lose your purpose. You lose your drive. You lose who you are because there's nothing else to focus on except what there is to focus on if that makes sense. I had no I had no stamina for anything else because the constant bickering at home and the lack of finances and the troubles at work and and all these things just came to a head. And um <laughs> and it's time to change. It's time for a change. So I had to make a decision. I had to either crawl into a shell and give up, or I, <laughs> I had to get my shit together, man. So I, I did a little bit, of, into, a little bit of looking into things, and uh, I decided to do Andy Frazella's 75 Hard program. Uh, and I posted, this is the last thing I posted on Facebook. Um, so no, first things first, um, I knew I had to quit smoking. I knew I had to quit drinking. I knew I had to quit doing drugs. Those are the very first things that I stopped automatically just quit. Um, I am vaping again. You may hear it. It is what it is. Um, and the 75 hard program is a mental challenge, a mental toughness challenge, I guess it's to, I'm using it to reset everything about me back to where I want to be. What it is, is two workouts a day. One of them must be outside. You must drink a gallon of water a day. You must take progress pictures every day. Read 10 pages of a book. Uh, I think that's it. I added on no social media, no television, write for one hour a day, and uh, learn trading or have some trading education, excuse me, for one hour a day. Those are just my things I added on because I didn't think 75 hard was hard enough. Now I'm two weeks into it. And uh, yeah, maybe should have <laughs> not added those on. Um, but there is, you know, once I posted that letter about my son on Facebook, there was a lot of people that reached out. And honestly, I didn't think, I didn't think I had the effect on people that I do. Um, and that's not to say that I have this huge effect. I'm just thinking I didn't, I didn't know that so many people cared about my well-being. Um, you know, when you're recording a podcast. 
you're talking into a microphone staring at a computer screen. There's not, you know, there's no, there's no live interactions. Um, and even though this show gets a ton of downloads, you know, you never really know unless somebody emails in or leaves a voicemail or something, right? So I want to give, I want to, I want to take the time right now just to give a bunch of shout outs. And this is going to be, uh, this is longer, a longer list than I've ever put together simply because, you know, it means a lot to me that so many people would reach out just to check on my well-being. And this is after uh, the girl I was seeing left. Um, so first and foremost, you know, I, I want to thank a bunch of people. Just hang in there with me. Thank you, Jeff Perry. Um, he's the only person that I know that gives me the tough love. You know, the guy that if if I'm doing something stupid, he fucking calls me on it. So I thank you for that, man. And um, he's the guy I go to because... I give tough love, and that's what I want in return. All the other people, you know, they wanted to make sure I'm okay. So shout out Ryan Grommins, Angela Valentini, and my partner, Devin Jones. I love you, my man. Uh, Steven Vetter, my co-host on the Alpha Project podcast. Uh, my brother, Jay Bonham, man. I love you, man. Thank you for reaching out. Chris Ruback, I had a great conversation with you. Thank you so much. Um, that actually was one of the reasons I'm recording this podcast was because our conversation. Michael Croft, others otherwise known as June's Best on Facebook. Uh, thanks for reaching out, my man, Steve. Steve, CJ, Christian, what's going on, man? Thank you for reaching out. You were you were one of the first people to reach out uh, to see what was going on. So, um, and also your wife, Tana, thank you to you. Josh Townsend, Marcoshi, Baladad, um, you know, Ray and Tonya Williams, um, you know, Ryan Renner, Kevin Williams, uh, Nate Sheehan, my boy, my long, the guy I've known the longest in Calgary, Jonathan Stewart. I love you, my man. Thank you. And Amber Marchant, you know, these are all people that have reached out to me uh, of just because of that, that letter I posted uh, on Facebook. Now, that letter, I, I just want to make it clear that that letter was not a cry for help. <coughs> Excuse me. That letter was a statement of intent. That was That was me expressing that this is what had happened. And this is what I've done to change it. Um, you know, I always say, show me what you've done. Don't tell me what you're going to do, right? Or don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you've done. Um, and after I, I, when I posted that, the situation was already corrected with my son. So, you know, right now I'm in the middle of 75 hard. Uh, my partner, Devin Jones and Steve Vetter have both agreed to do it with me. They're on, we're on our 14th day. I was already two weeks in uh, and I just started to start again with them. So uh, I'm really a month in. And those guys are two weeks in and, um, you know what, man, it is, is complete turnaround. It is, I recommend it to anybody. Listen, if you haven't heard, uh, Andy Frizzella before you haven't heard the name, um, he's got a podcast called, uh, real AF. He also did the MF CEO project, uh, way back in the day. He owns supplement superstore, uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars the guy's got, and he's just real as fuck. So, um, that was, that was what I, what I was counting on. I said, okay, let's do this. Right. And the reason that this episode is called is called Kill Podcast P. Uh, if you didn't um, catch the similarities between the, the track, the opening track, and the title of this track, uh, the title of this episode is that Podcast P to me is dead. I was given that moniker on a different podcast, and it just kind of stuck because I thought it, I thought it sounded cool, and uh, that was a persona. That was a character I was playing, and I enjoyed it at the time. But like I said, that the things that Podcast P would do had slipped into my actual life, and I wasn't holding myself accountable. I wasn't being responsible, and I wasn't taking actions on the things I need to take action on. This 
mental toughness program has gotten me back on track. I cannot wait to finish it. There's still 61 days left, and I will finish it strong, I promise. Um, and then after that, or during that time, I guess, is to is to fix the relationships that I've broken. Um, I'm not sure how much trust I have with people anymore. I'm not sure if people know that I'm full of shit or knew that I was full of shit. Um, but having tough conversations with people is something that I do very well. And I can draw on my past experiences of having those conversations to, to be truthful about myself and how these people fit into my life. I started with talking to the woman that I was dating after my fiance. And unfortunately, uh, there was just, there's too much damage, I think. You know, I still hold out hope. I, um, we, we hadn't talked for about a month. We had texted back and forth, but I haven't, I hadn't heard her voice. I hadn't seen her face for over a month. And I saw her yesterday, Saturday, sorry, two days ago I saw her. And uh, we sat on a park bench and we talked for about half an hour, 45 minutes, and then we went and we walked my dog for another half an hour, 45 minutes. And she's understandably upset of all the things that transpired. Um, and the way I acted has almost made her jaded to everything and be uncaring um, as a defense mechanism. And that that hurts. It hurts to know that I was the one that put her in. I was I was part of the I was part of the problem that put her into self defense mode. And I started this episode by saying I had I've had a pit in my stomach for the last month. That's why my um, like I said, my finances are three quarters away being solved. Um, my relationships or my health is three quarters away to being solved. Um, my relationship with my son is three quarters the way to being fully mended. And the relationship with her is one that I, I have to fix. Not for me, but for her. I, um, uh, here's the thing. In four months, it was, uh, fuck. <clears throat> In four months, it was um, it was a great four months. You know, it would we started really strong, and everything got serious really quickly, and we were just moving too fast, not because we wanted to, but because of my previous actions in my other relationship, we were almost forced to. She, you know, she bent over backwards to help me fix the things I need to fix in my life. And I took it for granted and I can't go back and change the things that I did. But what I can do, what I can do is change who I am and try to show her the real me. Try to show her that what she did was acceptable. Now, you may be saying, well, what do you mean, Pernell? She just fucking, she said, fuck that. I've had enough. I'm leaving. What the fuck? That's, that's unforgiving. That's, that, that's cold. That's heartless. No. No, it's not. Listen, if she knows who she is and what she wants, 
and what she wants in a partner and what she's willing to withstand in a relationship. I was not delivering that. So for her to say, that's it, I've had enough, that's it, that's it, it's over. It was, I'm grateful for that. And I told her that. I'm grateful for her giving me the tough love to kick me in the ass because like I said, for the last four and a half, five years, I've been coddled. I haven't had to deal with all this. And over the past five months now, um, I, I, it's a complete different mindset that I have. You know, I feel, I feel proud of myself without an ego. I feel healthier. I feel happier. And because all these things in my life are being fixed, you know, from the... All these things are being fixed from my inadequacies. And the one thing that has left to be approached is the relationship with her. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not doing this because I want her back. If it happens, it happens. I'm doing this because she deserves to be happy. And I am responsible for her being jaded. So if I'm responsible for that, I have to at least try. I have to. My gut is telling me that. My heart is telling me that. My head is telling me that. You know, as guys, we're, we're natural. We're, we naturally want to fix things when we're guys. And to have somebody else in pain because of what I did hurts. I don't know if that relationship will ever be resolved. I don't know if if she'll ever forgive me. I don't know if she'll ever be happy again. And that's that's what kills me every day. And let me be clear, that's not the drive for the change. The drive for me changing is myself because I want to be happy. I want to be healthy and I want to have strong relationships with people. But I have to solve this one. <clears throat> Listen, guys, I'm sorry about the somber tone on this one. Um, the next one will be different, I promise. I just uh, I had to let you guys know what was going on. You know, they say the truth shall set you free. And I can be dishonest with you guys, but that just creates dissent. I would rather be open and honest and um, and not have podcast pee, but give you part of my law. So for the fourth or fifth or sixth time, however many iterations this podcast has gone through, this is the newest. You're going to get my... Struggles, you're going to get my pain, you're going to get my happy, my enthusiasm, you're going to get everything about you that you should have had from the start. That's it. 
I'll talk to you guys next time.